Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome into Best on the Board, presented by BetMGM. Michael Beller here with you. It is Thursday, April 14th. On this episode of Best on the Board, we are talking all things NBA, nearly really everything that's available to us. So what do I mean by that? Well, we're going to take a look at the two remaining play-in games. We are going to take a look at the four games that are already set for Saturday and break those down and... On today's episode, we will also discuss Eastern Conference futures. On tomorrow's episode, Friday, we will take a look at Western Conference. Today, we're going to take a look at the Eastern Conference. To break all of that down, I've got two good pals here, Dan Santaramita, joining us. And let me tell you, i got everyone out there, Dan is on a little bit of a vacation here, and he has taken some time <laughs> out of that to talk about these NBA things. Dan, what's going on? Hey guys, you know it's it's exciting because it's the NBA playoffs. I was I definitely wanted to talk a little. And we're in the futures; had things haven't started yet. You get a feel for series as they play out. But our NBA playoffs is one of my favorite sporting times in the calendar, and uh, I couldn't miss this. And hey, we're just shooting, uh, you know, having some fun talking NBA playoffs. So that's not work. Just I in, know in, what you were going to say. We were shooting. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. I'm with you. Yeah, in the, in the future, just so you know, Dan, you you can say shit. That's oh, wow. yeah, that's nice. that's a lot. The whole new world. That's I've heard swearing. I just chose not to. I guess I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we gotta, I at least on the ones I host and produce, I, I cut the line off there. I I bleep anything that's above a, that. But we can we can stick with that. We can go. We with set that. the bar at, at a European level. It's yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. You you got everyone here. Brandon Funston's voice in here as well. Funston, what's up, man? NBA playoffs. Right. Yeah, NBA playoffs. Vacation, no vacation. It's you know that's what I'd probably be doing on vacation. It's talking to somebody about the NBA playoffs. Yeah, exactly. So I'm with you, Dan. I'm with you. It's a good time of year. <laughs> It's a great time of year, a whole lot of fun. So let's just get into it. Let's get into it, guys. As I said, we're going to start off with the play-in games that are remaining. So one spot left in the playoffs in both conferences, Hawks and Cavs in the East, Clippers and Pelicans in the West. Let's start off with that Hawks-Cavaliers game taking place on Friday. The Hawks in Cleveland as two-and-a-half-point favorites, 223-and-a-half is the total in this game. I actually have a play that I like quite a bit in this one, so I'm going to get us rolling here. Give me Trey Young's over, whatever it ends up getting set at. We don't have it just yet, but Trey Young has averaged 32.5 points per game against Cleveland this season. That is his highest points per game average against any team he played four times. He played seven teams four times this year, and that 32.5 he put up against Cleveland, the top of the top for him. And it, I've bet this the last three times that these teams have played. And it has come through for me. Whatever the over was set at, it was always high 20s, low 30s. And I've bet it the last three times. He has went over all three times. And in all those times, I said on this show, this is a Cleveland defense that is built on rim protection, that is built on not letting uh, teams get easy buckets. You're a big man against this team. You are most likely in for a hard night. It looks like Jared Allen is going to maybe be able to come back for Cleveland in that game. So that is great news for the Cavs. But they let you get going on the perimeter. Perimeter scorers have had great nights against this Cleveland team really all season long. Trey Young is proof of that, 32.5 points per game. I think whatever this total ends up being set at, so long as it's not something totally outrageous, I'm going to go with Trey Young going over his points prop in this game. I don't have a great feel. I don't know. really. I think the Hawks win. Two and a half, I'm not so sure in Cleveland. I think the Hawks win this game. If I were forced to go one way on the side, that's what I would go with. Funston, anything on that, on the side, on the total that you like, or just anything else in this game? Yeah, I, I'm with you as I don't feel like I, – I, there's something that's telling me, even though I would probably lean Atlanta to cover here and, and, and win outright, uh, there's something that is – 
is telling me the Cavs could pull something off. But just kind of watching them against Brooklyn, their offense is a, is a little bit discombobulated. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like they're on the edge of turnovers all the time. It's a little frenetic. But the one the one total I did like, actually love, is the over 223.5 game, game score because you look at the last three times these guys have played, the average has been 239. There's been a 238, a 239, and a 240 total. And as you mentioned, there's yeah, there's rim protection here, but this kind of feels to me like Trey Young versus Darius Garland. Let's go, you know, and that's you know, and that's just them coming back and forth, just launching. Karis Levert when he's healthy, he's he's putting it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just feel like this game is going over two twenty three and a half. So that's where I feel the most adamant in this contest. I, I I'm with you on on Cleveland being kind of unpredictable. I'd stay away just because. I was actually very impressed with them in that Brooklyn game. I know it's weird because they were kind of out of reach or just out of touching distance the whole game. Made a yep. couple runs. Um, but I still was kind of impressed because, look, this is a team that's been beat up. Garland's out. Jared Allen didn't play in that one. Do we know if he's going to play in this one? We don't know yet. Yeah, so that's that's tricky. I don't know if I like playing in a, a team that's all, got all these injuries, but the price has already baked it in, right? Atlanta's a favorite on the road, which they obviously wouldn't be otherwise. So, um yeah, I, I kind of feel like Cleveland is a, a tricky team to play. That's why I would stay away from the sides, the least on this one. Sounds like a potentially good game. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I think it will be. I think yeah. it will be. And I don't know. We'll talk about it when we get to Eastern. But like, I'm gonna. We'll see. You know, winner of this gets uh, gets the Heat in the first round. And uh, we'll talk don't about go it when there. We get down, we get yeah, to the don't go there, Beller. I got some <laughs> some things yeah. to say there. So. We'll save that when we get to the futures part of the show. Let's go over to the Western Conference. Clippers three and a half point favorites. At home against the Pelicans, two fifteen and a half is the uh, total in this game. This is one I've got a play that I like here quite a bit. Dan, I'm going to go to you first, though. What are you looking at in this matchup? Yeah, I like the Clippers a lot. Uh, basically, Paul George looked like Paul George for enough of that game the other day. If he's himself, they're going to win this game. At, uh, I think pretty easily. I, I, New Orleans just look. They they had the home crowd and they were excited, but the Spurs are not the Clippers. You know, not yet. At least maybe that team. You know, it seems young and they might get better down the road with pop coaching, but uh, I think this is a big step up. So I, I really think the Clippers minus three and a half is a good value. And uh, I could see the Clippers getting a little weird as we get in the playoffs, but that's that's for later down the road. They got to win this one first. Yeah, I am all over the Clippers in this one. They wouldn't even be playing in this game if it wasn't for Patrick Beverly. I think he just got <laughs> messed things up so significantly down the stretch. I think Paul George was ready to have a great finish to that game, and and Reggie Jackson and, and Beverly just kind of messed things up. But this is a team that, what, were they like a 12, 13 games better than the Pelicans during the season? So um, I'm, I'm going to – I mean, that's just where I'm at. I'm just going to take the Clippers to, to win and cover on this one. Uh, we're unanimous on this. I love the Clippers uh, at the three and a half number. So yeah, New Orleans finished ten games under five hundred. Uh, the Clippers were what six games over five hundred. And, and with Paul George, they went eighteen and thirteen, which is a, a forty-seven and a half, so forty-seven, forty-eight win pace with Paul George healthy. So basically, we're talking about a team that was going to be 10, 12 games better than the Pelicans had Paul George not had that lengthy absence in the middle of the season. I just don't see any way that New Orleans keeps the uh, the, the Clippers offense in check with a healthy Paul George out there operating. Uh, this is a team that is just significantly below average on all four levels of the floor. 
threes mid-range at the rim this is a team that lets you get it and then that all adds up to being one of the worst expected field goal percentage teams in the league and so you put that all together Clippers take care of business and set themselves up for a 1-8 matchup with the Suns in the Western Conference so unanimity on Clippers and Pelicans we all see the Clippers not only getting to the real playoffs but doing so by beating the Pels by more than four or three and a half points, excuse me. Let's fill up, move forward, you guys, now to our real first round game ones. All of these taking place on Saturday. We'll take a look at Sunday's games on tomorrow's show. We're just going to look at the four games that are already scheduled for Saturday. It all starts, the NBA playoffs all start. One Eastern Saturday afternoon, Jazz and Mavericks. And because of the injury to Luka Doncic, we're looking at the Jazz as four and a half point favorites in this one, 212 and a half the total in this game. Funston, any play for you in Jazz Mavs game one? Well, I mean, Luka's a question mark. To, to me, this is a no brainer on the Jazz to cover at four and a half. I mean, I, you know, we don't have a lot of information. I haven't heard how, you know, how good he's feeling right now. But I mean, if he's any, any kind of limited or not there at all, I'm all over the Jazz here, so give me the Jazz. Yeah, this is. I just hate betting on the injury, though. That's the thing. It's it's a volatile bet because if if Luca plays at even eighty ninety percent, you're gonna not feel so great about that bet. They still could cover it, but yeah, I mean it's obviously baked in at that the Mavs being a big underdog, or, you know, being in a four and a half point, relatively big for a home team in the playoffs, oh, um, yeah. big underdog. So yeah, I I feel like that's. That's just a stay away from me because I don't like having the uh, you know information deficit. Basically, <laughs> you don't want the you don't want the Willis Reed potential. Yeah. Of, of <laughs> I think if there were any concern of that really for this game, I don't think we would be seeing this line posted this far in advance. I, I mean, I, I just I, what did the, what did the, what does Dallas's offense do without Luca? I think that they're just in a ton of trouble without yeah. Luka Doncic. I mean, and especially against Utah's defense. I mean, for, like I, I kind of like Utah even with a healthy Doncic in this series. Mm-hmm. And we know it's not going to be a healthy Doncic. We don't know how many games we're going to see even an unhealthy Doncic out there. And I just I think Utah's defense is just a nightmare for a team that is really dependent on one guy to create all the offense. I mean, and that's what Dallas is. I mean, almost everything they do comes off of you know whether it's Doncic scoring, whether it's Doncic's action, his like the the gravity he pulls when he doesn't have the ball, his creation when he is breaking defenses down. It is all tied to him, and that's just not the sort of formula you want against this Utah defense. Give me Utah minus four and a half. Give me Utah or give me the game total as under two twelve and a half. I think this ends up being without Doncic a very slow paced game that Utah's happy to play at and one where they can you know win this relatively easily. I think that I don't think Dallas gets to a hundred points in this game without Doncic. So under two twelve and a half is something that I like also in this one. How about Grizzlies and Timberwolves, you guys? We've got the Grizzlies minus six and a half against the T Wolves, who uh, get through as the seventh seed after knocking off the Clippers a couple of nights ago. 234.5 the total on this game. Dan, why don't you take this one away first? Anything you're looking at for this game one matchup? Oh, boy. I feel like this is the one that might get people mad at me if you're, if you're a Cat fan. Um, <laughs> I, I was watching that playing game, and it brought back memories yeah. of his last playoff appearance, which that was, that was a big storyline at the time where he just was a bomb. Like He had some miserable games, averaged uh, 15 points, and, and he's supposed to be your go-to guy. And uh, that was the Jimmy Butler team, right? He was getting mad at him. There was a whole bunch of drama. That I I gotta take every under, right? I'm just I'm just <laughs> going with the storyline. Seeing him foul out in that game. Now, granted, the the rest of the T Wolves p- 
picked it up. I got to give them a lot of credit. You talked about Beverly taking over, and, and Edwards Anthony had a big Edwards, game. Yeah. But, man, I, I'm taking uh, under. Now, this is, a, this is a Funston play. He loves his PRAs. Uh, PRA points, rebounds, and assists for Cat. It's 36.5, and, and you can get minus 115. I also like the under 24.5 points. You get minus 125. So a couple ways to basically just fade Cat in a playoff game. That's the gist of it. Yeah, but uh, here's the other thing, though. Minnesota is, uh, you know, Anthony Edwards is an emerging star. And and I think the way that game finished up with Cat on the bench and Anthony Edwards just taking over is huge. Now, Memphis, really good team this year, but they're a one-star team. And Patrick Beverly is a guy that can guard their one star. I was just looking at – I was looking at the last five games that Patrick Beverly's played against John Morant. John Morant's shooting percentage is 34%. He scored 20 points or less in each of the last three games that he's faced Patrick Beverly. So that's an issue. Like when, if this game has to become Desmond Bain or Dylan Brooks, like that's fine. Those guys are like 18 point scorers, but are they, are they the kind of guys that you can just lean on if John Morant is not getting his, you know, his norm. So I think, I think the T-Wolves cover. I'm kind of more just want to talk about the T-Wolves pulling the series off. I think this could be a potential upset series because I just don't know that Memphis, you know, I always talk about this like you got to have a couple stars in the playoffs to go a decent, decent distance. It's Mm -hmm. tough to have just one guy. And I don't know that Memphis has, you know, I don't know. Jaron Jackson is that guy. You know, it's, it's just for me. I just feel like Minnesota might have the better team. It's going to be, I think, the – yeah, I'll, I'm, I'll double down on it. Best game of the day on uh, on <laughs> Saturday. I think this game does stay close. Lean T-Wolves, not exactly uh, comfortable making that bet, even though you make some good points there, Funston. I do think, though, because as part of playing off of some of the points you make, 234.5 just feels like a pretty high number for this game. Yeah. So I think I think this stays under 234.5. You've got you a couple of teams that – just they're like neither neither of these teams stand out in any one area of the floor offensively. They're they're all they're both pretty uh, poor shooting percentages. Uh, whether we're talking mid range three at the rim, like they're, they're ne- neither team is great in any of those areas. Memphis, I think, where their 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 big advantage in this series is going to come is they're a great offensive rebounding team, and Minnesota is a bad defensive rebounding team. I think that's where they're going to get some easy buckets on the flip side, Minnesota can get some easy buckets because they force a ton of turnovers, second highest turnover rate on defense in the league. So, you know, that's going to be where both these teams try to get their easy buckets, but I think easy buckets might be hard to come by. And I wouldn't be surprised if by game three, four of this series, we, we see the totals downshift into the high 220s from the mid 230s where they're starting here. I just, I just don't think that these offenses are built to withstand what the other teams are going to be able to throw at them. And, you know, we, we're so used to Memphis being this scoring team. Uh, they're sort of an engine for scoring in any game they play because of the way Ja plays, because of how he can score individually and the pace that ends up getting tied to him in a lot of games. But if Patrick Beverly uh, does what he has done so far this season against John Moran, I think that slows everything down in this game. So I just I don't really see 234 and a half as even really being threatened unless these teams have great shooting nights, which they're capable of having. You've got you know shooters on both sides, but without that, I, I do not see 234 and a half being threatened at all. Yeah, I think that's those are good points. Absolutely. Especially if we feel like John Morant and, and Kat are going to be down in this series yeah. uh, mm-hmm. from their norms. 
Yeah, right. Those are the guys who who we expect both teams to lean on, and obviously Memphis is going to want to do that. Minnesota showed us they could have some other options. D'Angelo Russell, excellent uh, in getting uh, Minnesota uh, back in the lead in that game as the first half wound down, and so that's going to be something that, uh, again, we watch with these two teams going at it. It's going to be a fun series, and uh, I like where you're heading with that one, Funston, when we talk Western Conference futures on our Friday episode here because uh, it wouldn't be a huge shot. I think to see Minnesota pull off an upset in this series. One I know you like an upset in Funston is Sixers and Raptors. <laughs> For game one, the Sixers are four and a half point favorites, 216 and a half the total in this game. Funston, since uh, I already know yeah. you like the, the Raptors in this series, why don't you talk about game one and what you're thinking about? Yeah, well, if I like the Raptors in the series, they're going to have to steal one, right? And so I rather than bet which one that'll be, why don't I just bet? You know, each <laughs> the Raptors on each, and maybe they'll cover in both of them. But I'll take the Raptors here to cover. I mentioned this on our earlier in the week show. Um, they were three and one against the Sixers during the year. I'm we're not. You know, I don't think anybody here is just just slam dunk feeling good about the marriage between Embiid and Harden. The way things have looked has been a little bit rocky. So, um, yeah. So let's just go with the Raptors here to cover. Maybe this is the one they steal. I, I don't know. This series is so weird to me. I feel like the Raptors are actually getting overvalued, like it's the trendy pick. So I'm actually going to go with the over, though. Um, I, I think yeah, it's pretty low. Know, yeah, in the head-to-head, the three of the games went over. There was one where neither team even reached 95 points, so that's kind of the outlier. But they went over in the other three regular season meetings. It's 216.5. And, and, yeah, I just feel like, especially if you like the Raptors, I feel like they probably wanted to go a little bit higher. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm misreading that, but I feel like that that maybe that's my way of getting in on the Toronto bandwagon is saying that it's going to go a little bit higher and, you know, we get a 110-108 or a close game or something like that and just sneak it uh, over. But, yeah, the over is my play. I'm staying away from the Raptors as a side for a bit because I, I think – there's too many people like you making that a trendy pick, and it's getting a little uh, overpriced. Oh, <laughs> Mr. Trendy Brandon Funston. <laughs> hey, I, I consider myself the trendsetter. How, how about that? There you go. Well, I'm, I'm going for the trend, too. Um, I, I, I love – I just love the Raptors' style of play. And, like, I think, you know, spinning this forward, um, yeah, I think they, they run into some trouble against – um, I, like, I don't think the Raptors are making it out of the East. I, I think that, you know, whether it's Miami in the second round, whether it's somehow they get to the Eastern Conference Finals and they're looking at, you know, Boston or, or, or Milwaukee, like, I think that that's where their style of play is going to run into some issues. But this team, I mean, this is like a clap, like, just rewind back a, a month or so ago when we were just getting ready for the NCAA tournament. And something we always talked about in that when we're looking at teams that can pull off upsets. Do you rebound the ball on offense? Do you force turnovers on defense? Basically, do you create extra possessions for yourself? And there is no team in the league better at creating extra possessions for themselves than the Toronto Raptors. First in turnover rate, second in offensive rebounding rate. And I just I, like that's that's how they're going to do it. That's how they that's how they stay close in these games. That's how they win some of these games. That's how they potentially pull off a mini series upset and knock off Philly. Is they're just going to get extra possessions on top of one another? And just I really think that's something that they can bring. Every night, it's not going to come through for them every night. But those are the sorts of things: the possessions, the rebounding, like that is that that doesn't desert you. Shooting's going to desert you every so often, no matter who you are. But these sorts of those sorts of traits that go for a whole team, they are always there. And so I really like Toronto's style of play in this. Give me the Raptors plus four and a half in Game One over the Sixers. 
One more game you guys to talk about on Saturday's Game 1 slate. It is Warriors and Nugs. The Warriors are 5.5-point favorites in this one, 223.5 the total in this game. And this is actually the first game that we've talked about here. I'm not forcing anything. I actually, I, I'm feeling all these picks. These are all picks uh, that I'm going to have on my betting card. I've got nothing for Warriors Nuggets here. I just don't know what to make of this series, you guys. I, I know Dan's got nothing. Funston, you want to uh, get out there for us and make a pick on this game? I'll take the Warriors. I'll be the guy. Um, I, I think I talked about this a little bit earlier in the week as well. I just I think the way the things that the Warriors had a really good year, but they didn't have to lean on the same guys all year, and it afforded Jordan Poole a chance to become a burgeoning star, and and Jonathan Kaminga to get some good minutes, and all of a sudden Clay Thompson. I don't know if you looked at his game locked down the stretch, but suddenly he beca- he came back online in a big way, and Draymond Green's doing his classic eight eight and eight kind of games now, and. It, it's like I just feel like they have so much depth, and it's it's the exact op- opposite for Denver. It's it's Jokic, and yes. it's a bunch of it's a bunch of dudes after that, you know. And so uh, I feel like Golden State can handle you know Steph not having his best game anymore, you know, and it not being a big deal. So home, you know, there's going to be a lot of love there for the Warriors. I, I think they're going to get the the home camp, uh, the the home crowd in the home court kind of sway here and, and, and take this one and cover the line. Yeah, as you know, Funston, I really tried to get myself to want to back the Nuggets on the series price because I think my my wording was, uh, you know, it's not often that you get the MVP, the back-to-back MVP and presumed for this year, uh, but back-to-back MVP as a plus 170 underdog in his first round playoff series. And so like <laughs> that was really the basis of me wanting to get into it. But every time I, I started really thinking about how these teams match up, it just kept coming back to advantage Golden State, advantage Golden State, advantage Golden State. And so that's like I don't want to I don't want to fade the Nuggets just yet. Five and a half is a, a fair line. I, I don't think this is really an edge on, on either side here. I think it's totally a fair line. But I want to see this uh, series get a game or two under its belt before I really get involved in the betting market this is the game you talk about game of the day this is the one for me i'm most excited for it just seeing the, you know the big name players fun styles for both teams this is a series i'm really looking forward to which is probably for the same reason why i don't see a betting edge in it is i think it's it's interesting in the matchups in a lot of different ways i i look it's one of those things with the nba I hate betting against the stars i don't want Jokic against me yet you know maybe with golden states another team you always hate when they get in those three ball runs you go oh man why did i bet against this team you know but but i feel like this is one fairly priced five and a half a fun series i think this is my favorite first round series so i'm i'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out for sure but by the way I was just reading it. It's a chance we might see Jamal Murray in this series. Is there not? I mean, that was the talk. Is that he could potentially uh, make his return in the postseason here. So I would love to see it because it's just like, right? I mean, like, the, yeah. this this Denver team at full strength yeah. is, like, really good. And you would hate to see what, what feels like another, like, sort of a lost season for them because of not having Jamal Murray out there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, but then, uh, then the question is: is how much right is is he full Jamal Murray right out of the yeah. gate? So I mean, even like his conditioning can't be anywhere near <laughs> right the right level. I mean, even if we're talking about the injury being one hundred percent, no doubt about it, fully healed, which you know there's a question there. Like the conditioning factor would have to be at play as well. So I, I would love to see it, and I would love to see it be you know something where he's like really contributing and not just you know gutting it out for the sake of gutting it out. But this is going to be a great series. Totally with you on that, Dan. This is going to be a really fun series to watch. Funston, the only one putting down a marker on it for 
for game one with the Warriors laying five and a half. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, guys, let's hit on some futures here in the Eastern Conference. Save your Western Conference futures for Friday. Eastern Conference futures. Now, we don't yet have that 1-8 series set. We will have that eventually. But let's get into this. Like, uh, there's... I'm, who, who just wants to pick up and run this? Because there's actually, like, there, I, there's a lot of things I could get behind in the Western Conference. There's not a ton I like, especially long-term. Any future that I find myself actually liking in this Eastern Conference is more just about a, a first-round series price. Do either of you guys have something that you like beyond that, or you just want to bang one of these first-round series prices? I'll go. Well, you already know I'm I'm on the, on the Raptors at plus 150 yes. uh, to, to win a series. But the one that jumped out at me is the, is a team to come out of the East. Um in my mind, there's four teams that can make that happen. That's Milwaukee, that's Boston, that's Brooklyn, and that's Miami. I, I think the other ones would be just kind of foolish bets. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to tell me that the number one team in the East by two games, the Miami Heat, is the best odds at, at plus 400 or the longest odds at plus 400. Of, the four, of those four, you mean? Of those four. Yeah. That they're the, the third highest you know, or whatever. So – I'll take Miami. I mean, I I I think they first of all they had the best home record in the mm-hmm. in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they had the second best road record in the Eastern Conference. They play good defense. They have an in, they have inside outside. They have experience at point guard in the postseason. Kyle Lowry. They have the NBA Six Man Award winner in, in Tyler Hero. Got Duncan Robinson. You can make threes. You got Jimmy Butler. Is I mean these guys have a ton of postseason experience, and I kind of like the way they're constructed this year. So. Like you're gonna give me a plus four hundred for them to win the East when they already won the regular season East and they mm-hmm. have a bunch of guys that have been there done that. Give me Miami Heat. I'll I'll take that one. I like it. I I like the argument for it. I'm not I'm not necessarily backing it, but I like the argument for it at least. Yeah, I think you can make a case. I mean, you know, you could put put right there that you didn't mention too. You got uh, a coach with just a ton of playoff yeah. experience too, and a guy who's right. proved himself very capable of turning around game plans very quickly. You know, Spo is you know obviously looked at as one of the best coaches in the league, and with good reason. So you've got him with a ton of postseason experience too. You know, it's funny. I I, I looked at the Heat and I go, oh, I can't see it happening. So I I mean, I guess look, the thing is the odds. Like I, I had the same thing with the Sixers, like eight to one. Beating Harden, maybe something magical happens. I wouldn't bet on it. Obviously, you're not you're not big on the Sixers. I, I totally think there's merit to that. I, I want to fade the Nets, but I think you know I'm surprised that they are not surprised, but they they were higher in the odds. They're now third in the East, uh, behind Boston, which kind of surprised me a little bit. I don't think they're gonna pull it off. M- Milwaukee seems like the the boring pick. But you give me the defending champs at plus 210 just to get out of the conference with question marks on every other team that's in contention, I, I kind of like it. Now, granted, the thing is they're the three seed, so you're talking about the two series that matter because I think Beller's going to get to this. They're going to crush the Bulls. So once <laughs> once they get out of the first round, they're going to be the road team in all likelihood unless Brooklyn pulls off an upset. But, uh, yeah, I, just, I think you give me 210 for the defending champs to win the conference – 
you know, the NBA Finals, that's another story. I don't know if I'd take them against every one of those teams, uh, even a rematch with Phoenix. But plus 210, I'd lean with the Bucks. Not my favorite play. I hate picking the favorite, but the odds aren't bad. Hey, by the way, who would who would Toronto play if they beat Philly? Do you, I, Miami. Oh, they'd play Miami. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that'd, be t- that'd, that'd be a little bit of a battle. Yeah. You got, you got really excited there for a second. <laughs> well, I was thinking if my if if Toronto were to win and they were to play Brooklyn, then the same thing with Thibault would be in play for Kyrie, right? Yeah. Well, so. Brooklyn's not getting out of the first round. Ooh, spicy. <laughs> I want that the so that's something I like that, I want Yeah, the, expound because they're the second best odds. I want the Nets to win game 1 so I, then I can bet Boston series price. Yeah. Like talk about a team that's not getting enough respect. Boston is I don't know, the, the best defense in the league. They've got multiple guys who can go score for you. They've got multiple lockdown defenders on the perimeter. Uh, they have the number one net rating uh, in the league in terms of uh, offensive. Uh, so per 100 possessions on offense scored, per 100 possessions on defense allowed. They're number one in the league. They've got a better rate there than Phoenix by half a point. Uh, they're better than uh, Utah, who's third, by a point and a half. I mean, this is just – I feel like they're not getting enough uh, enough credit for just how good of a team they are. So what I'm really hoping to see is Brooklyn wins game one and then go pound that Boston series price because I think that they win that series. But my favorite bet right now is the Bucks to sweep the Bulls. You get plus 230 on the Bucks to sweep the Bulls and, like, come on. How is that not <laughs> is that not going to happen? Like, especially if you're the Bucks, like, you know, there's – I don't know, how, like total narrative. We can't get inside teams' heads, but you understand why, like a team uh, would you know lose game four on the road if they they win the first three, then they lose, they drop game four on the road, they go back home, they win game five. Like you understand that to a certain extent, but like you know, if you're if you're the if you're the Bucks, you're looking at the the Boston Brooklyn winner in the second round. There's nothing better you can do for yourselves right now to win that series than to just take care of the Bulls. Just boom, dispatch the Bulls four games, go home, rest for a week, maybe 10 days, while Boston and Brooklyn could battle it out for a seven-game series. Like, there is nothing better for Milwaukee than to just win this series that they are going to win without question and win it in four games and just be done with it, go home, rest, and get ready for Boston-Brooklyn in uh, the second round. So I I think at plus 230... This feels like uh, a bet that I am very comfortable taking because the Bulls aren't getting more than one, and the Bulls aren't getting one in Milwaukee. So I was going to say you're getting greedy because you were all over the two and a half, two yeah. and a half game win on early earlier, and now you now you've just gone straight to the sweep. Well, you know, I got the two and a half at minus one seventy, but it's at minus one ninety now, and, and so like I don't want to talk about that now. So I, I you know I feel like the minus one seventy can finance my plus two thirty bet. Because the Bulls aren't getting more than one. I mean, do either of you want to say the Bulls are getting more than one in this series? No, no. Maybe they steal a <laughs> no, home game no, with an no, excited no. crowd, but they're, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, you do is... have guys that can just, you know, all of a sudden they just see in white light and they're catching a heater like Levine and, and DeRozan. I mean, They've there, done that guys and still there. lost to this team, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> that just I'm just happened. saying it's like they are a scary team if you have when you have those two just going off. You know, so it yeah. could happen for a game. You for know. a game, yeah. So, so yeah, so the the Bucks went four and zero against the Bulls in the regular season. Three of those games actually have happened since March fourth. Um, one eighteen to one twelve, one twenty six to ninety eight, one twenty seven to one oh six in those three recent games, and the other one early in the season was ninety four to ninety. Like there's <laughs> there's just, I mean, I don't know. I like uh, the Bucks are going to average like one hundred and seventeen points a game in the series, maybe even yeah. more. 
So I love the Bucks to get to get the sweep. You guys familiar it would, with the it would actually general? be more it would actually be more of a selling point for the Bucks if three of those games had happened early in the year because that's actually when the Bulls were playing at their right. best. You that's know, true, so. but but that's but this, but this recent in the year is who the Bulls are. Right. Yeah. Are you guys familiar with the term gentleman sweep? No, I saw you. I saw you uh, slack it out there, and I couldn't yeah. just let it go without prying into what that actually means but you can you can uh, go ahead and I in, think, inform I think us a, here i think a good friend of mine uh, a guy who i uh, met in grad school named graden gordian who you can actually hear occasionally on no dunks uh doing f1 talk if that if that's your thing uh check out no dunks f1 podcasts uh, my buddy graden gordian appears on those um i believe he coined this phrase when he was running espn's san antonio spurs true hoop blog um it's a it's a four one series sweep or a four one series victory where you win. You know, a true gentleman sweep is you win the first three, the other team gets one that you sort of give them, and then you finish it off in game five. So you know you're a gentleman about sweeping them. It's like okay, we'll give you something to yeah something to a uh, consolation prize to yeah. kind of go home with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I think the best <laughs> the Bulls can hope for is a gentleman sweep in this series. Oh, God, I like that. Bleak like the term. <laughs> <laughs> it, is. it is. It is. But it's an. Un- I, I, I will say, as a as one of the two uh, committed Bulls fans on this podcast, two Chicagoans on this show, an unambiguous step forward for the Bulls this season. No question about it. Plenty of reason for optimism. They're going to get swept by the Bucks. Let's just be honest about it. That's that's just where things are. <laughs> and where things are also is the end of this episode. Thanks so much for listening. We are done with this episode of Best on the Board. For uh, Brandon Funston, for Dan Santaramita, I am Michael Beller. We're right back here with you tomorrow to look at Sunday's Game 1s and Western Conference futures. So get excited for that while you are making these bets here. Good luck. Happy betting. We'll talk to you.